Hello, lovelies. Welcome to year three of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. If you're new to the show, please remember, back it up and see what you've been missing. Those of you who love it already, remember, I need you. I need you to like, to share, review, subscribe, and maybe even consider clicking that patron button. Let's grow our community so that we can grow and learn together. So this week, I want to talk about meditation. The problem is people are super (laughs) threatened by the idea of meditation. It seems impossible to a lot of people and overwhelming to others. It is greatly misunderstood and um, overcomplicated. So a very simple adjustment that I have realized helps a lot of people is to simply rename it. Let's call it contemplation, right? It is allowing yourself to gain control, not even control, but focus of the mind. It is really about being mindful and releasing time. It is extremely helpful if you will set a timer when you choose to meditate. Now, I personally suggest meditation when you're going to bed and you just continue till you pass out and fall asleep. But if you are picking a time to do so and you're distracted by how long it has been, give yourself a set amount of time, five minutes, 10 minutes longer if you're ready, and set a timer. This will keep you from worrying about anything you can trust in the timer, okay? So the Hindus said, or one of the Hindu texts says that meditation is furnishing the mind with the necessary conditions for the manifestation of its highest good and potential. Yes, it is purging old karma and fear. It is purging old manifestations and planting the seeds for new. It is freedom and it is release. It is very much in flowing, right? If prayer is active and outgoing, asking and pleading, meditation is relaxation and in flowing. I do suggest starting at bedtime. When you lay in bed at night, you are going to think, right? You're going to think about what's to come or what has happened So why not direct your thinking? It helps to start with visualization. Visualization is the highest form of prayer. But sometimes people can't even concentrate enough to do that. And so I say start with the five senses. If you can start with your eyes closed, do. If not, stare at the ceiling. It's okay. Pick a sense and start there. Often it's helpful to start with what you can hear. If you're lying in the dark, your sense of hearing will be stronger. Ask yourself, what do I hear? I hear the air conditioner. Okay. I hear my partner or my pet breathing. Okay. I hear the chimes outside my window. 
notice each sound and then allow each sound to take up equal value within your brain. Instead of thinking the air conditioner is the loudest thing in the room, raise the volume or lower the volume so that you can give each thing equal power. And then move on to another one of your five senses. Perhaps what do you smell, if anything? Check in with each sense until you get to your skin. Pay attention to what your skin feels like. My arms are cold, but my armpits are warm. (laughs) Right? Which parts of you feel cold? Which parts of you feel warm? Notice your skin. Notice your entire body. Pay attention to your skin. And you will begin to feel how your energy fills it up and extends outside of its borders. This will help your brain to recognize, believe, and trust that you are so much more than just a body. Then set your intentions. Do you intend to manifest or are you looking for insight? What do you want to know? What do you want to hear? Set the stage for that without attachment, right? Maybe it's just peacefulness. Maybe it's just to relish the way you feel so aware of your skin, so alive in your senses, and yet fully a spiritual being within that mechanism. Remember, the purpose is not to control your mind, but to focus it. To focus it. Thoughts will come. They do. Allow them to float by like space junk, (laughs) right? If you were at a vantage point where you could see the stars and the planets as if you were part of space itself, you would give that floating piece of crap very little power or presence. You would be in awe of everything else. That's the point. In Learn to Meditate, Dr. David Fontana says that meditation is intended to help us order the confusion of the mind. The mind has many ways of distracting our concentration. It may begin with trivia, but when we refuse to let our minds wander, it will go on to more preoccupying matters. It will bring up happy or unpleasant memories or remind us of pressing things we have to do. Whatever the distraction is, just let it go. Let it float by like so much space junk. (laughs) Let it pass on by you. Let it not be real anymore. It is just an object. It does not own you. We... Remove distractions 
by giving them limited power, by letting them float by, by not being pulled. Don't let it take your hand and take you there. Return to the calm. Return to your five senses. Return to your skin. Don't attach emotion to the distractions because it is thought plus emotion. That is creation. And so it is letting it just float by. It does not own you. If this is as far as you get the first time or the first hundred times that you attempt to meditate, this is far enough good for you. Remember. Remember what Buddha taught. He said, she said, it said, (laughs) no spiritual teaching should be taken on trust. Everything must be tested for what its value is. Everything must be tested for oneself. And quite frankly, what do you have to lose? You're going to be lying in bed anyway. You're going to be thinking anyway. Why not attempt to train Why not attempt to mentally focus on what will serve you well? The end goal is a deeper awareness of yourself. The enduring essence and transcendent source that is all around you. And that awareness of your presence within your own body will take you there in a way that no words can right? They do not, no one, none of the great, none of the real teachers try to tell you what that thing is, right? In Hinduism, Brahman said, this thing about which nothing can be said. Buddha just called nirvana the highest spiritual goal, the final spiritual goal, but he did not attempt to describe it. He wanted you to go visit it right? The Jans call it the ultimate state of being blessed. Even in Christianity, they talk about the ineffable Godhead. That is, beyond the God revealed by the scriptures. The path to the truth, to divinity, lies within yourself. It will create within you a deeper awareness of yourself that thing that is you. And practice, consistency will create comfort and confidence. So don't give up. Wait patiently. Remember, the mind communicates with us through pictures and symbols. And mental focusing is the beginning of this. Meditation teaches us to use our minds more effectively. Again and again, along this spiritual path, you're hearing it again and again. We must, we need to, we have to. It is necessary that we eliminate negativity and what we think and what we say and what we do and a great place to start is by watching that space junk float on by. One of my favorite meditations 
the one that I tell people about the most. Several times a week, at least. <laughs> I call it looking for the magic door. Now, I've heard many versions of this. I have heard hypnotists use their own versions. Um, I can't say I've created it all from out of nothing. But I am going to walk you through it anyway. Now, if you are somewhere today that you can close your eyes and follow my voice, please do so. If not, just listen, because I am not going to make all the answers for you, and I am not going to wait long enough in between for you to have a full experience. So take the structure I'm about to give you and use it on your own. As I said before, I suggest that you start at night in bed and start with your five senses and all of those things. The truth is, you can do it anywhere, anytime, and you can start at the edge of a field. Imagine that you are standing on the edge of a field. You are looking out over the field. Observe it with your five senses. What do you see? Is the grass short? Is it tall and waiting in the wind? Is it dewy? What do you see? What do you hear? Do you hear the wind or birds? Do you hear the rustling of animals? What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you feel? Is it cool and brisk? Is it hot? Indulge your five senses and look across the field as far as you can see. Does it disappear into the horizon or are there things out there too? Spend as much time in this space as you need to or you want to. This is for you. And if this is far as you get the first time or the first hundred times, that's okay. When you are ready, observe the path that starts just in front of you. Is it a straight path or is it winding? Is it smooth or rugged? Is it sand or pebbles or pieces of wood? Observe the path. Notice the path. What do you see? And when you're ready, to walk the path, first, look down at your body. What are you wearing and what shoes do you have on? Now, this is important because when we are in contemplation, if we are watching ourselves from the outside, if you see yourself walking the path, you will control what you see. It will become almost 100% a figment of your imagination. If you check in whenever you make a big change and you make sure that you are in your body, I see my clothes, I see my shoes, no expectation, your eyes are probably closed and you're probably in the dark, <laughs> okay? No expectation, this is part of it. You may see exactly what you would normally wear or you may see something from a time period you would never expect or a gender you would never expect or whatever. 
just look down and recognize that you are noticing your body. And then start to walk the path. Observe your five senses. What does it feel like? Does it feel smooth? Can I feel the rocks beneath my feet? What is this experience? Am I brushing against the tall grass? What is happening? What am I seeing? What is changing? Did a bird fly by? Walk the path. Stop if you want. There's no wrong answer. Walk and travel until eventually, this day, the next, or far off in the future, you find yourself in front of a door. Observe the door. Is it old? Is it new? Is it rough? Is it detailed? Is it in the side of a mountain, in a brick wall, freestanding in a tree, or somewhere else? Where is this door and what does it look like? Observe the doorknob of the door. All the textures of everything. Check in with each five cents. Look down. See your hand on the doorknob. And when you are ready, open the door. What you see on the other side will be your answer. It may be aligned with your goal, the intention you set in the beginning. It may be dark. And you may find yourself either waiting for the light to come on or journeying into the darkness on your own. It may be a glimpse into a past life or into the future or into the present. It may be the door to your office. What do you see on the other side of that door? Look around. Whether or not you step through the door is up to you. But look around. See what you see. Learn what you learn. Look down. What are you wearing? What shoes do you have on? Check in and witness what is through that door. Continue this journey in the same way until you feel it's over. And then perhaps another day you find a different door. Or the field will be different, or the grass will be different, or you'll choose a different setting. It doesn't have to be a field. That's up to you. I'm going to give you an example of what the door did for me. If you've been listening very long, you know that there are people in my world who don't really know much about what I do. I practice the if nobody asks, I don't tell them rule. And, of course, those walls are falling down more and more quickly. My biggest concern has always been my children. How will people feel about what I do and what may they say to my children? And for some reason, the concern has always been more around my daughter than my son. Now, my daughter is fiery and fierce. I've even asked her, I even told her when this podcast started almost exactly a year ago, I told her with the podcast, 
so will come more people finding out what mommy does. I asked her straight up my greatest fear. I said, what will you do if one of your friends comes to you and says, my mommy says I can't play with you because your mother is a witch? Now, to be clear, I'm not a witch. (laughs) My daughter said, oh, mommy. I would just tell them that they don't know what they're talking about, that my mommy is wonderful and amazing, and she helps people every day in ways that you can't imagine. (laughs) Be still my heart. Having that conversation did help relieve a lot of that fear, but it was still there. And then one day, I did this meditation, and I opened the door. First, I did notice the door seemed old-timey and wooden and, and uh, I don't know, Middle Ages-ish, <laughs> if that's a thing. And when I opened the door and looked inside, it looked like that time period. And the first thing I thought of was Salem witch trials. Now, I've always had this weird sense about some connection to all of that and sort of written it off as cliché. <laughs> And my argument here would be past life or just a symbol from the universe is irrelevant, right? I look around and I realize immediately this is the source of my fear. And then I remember to look down. And I look down and I'm wearing this like old timey, in my opinion, um, clothes and shoes. And I look and my arm is stretched out. And what I realize now is that I'm holding the hand of a young girl. And I have this realization, this far off memory of a time in which I was persecuted for being who I am is not what happened. It was that little girl. And that any fear I had of today was not valid today. It was from them. I never did walk through that door. I honestly don't have any intention to. The universe would have to lead me back there and make me jump through hoops (laughs) to walk through there and to see what was on the other side. I don't need to see. I got exactly what I needed. Does that mean I emailed the school and told them who I am and what I do? Uh, nope. (laughs) But it means I'm not afraid of it anymore. When it happens in its right time, it will be right. And everyone will accept it, and me, and her. I know it. I was set free because I allowed the universe to show me what was on the other side of that door. My challenge to you this week, beloved is to go out and seek your magic door. (laughs) Don't expect to get there all at once, though you might. Don't expect to have a life-changing revelation, though you might. For now, just expect to be aware of your body and the fact that you are so much more than just this machine you walk around the earth in. Let that roll around and give in, beloved. 
to the art of contemplation. It will change your life. Until next time, beloved. Namaste. Hi, beauties. My name is Megan, and I couldn't pass up an opportunity to share who Jennifer Hall really is with all of you. Jennifer is a gifted woman who loves to share the tips and tricks of mastering lessons from the universe through real-life experiences. When I found Jennifer about two years ago, I did not know what to expect. My past conditioning had me fearing psychics and avoiding them, and that was something I overcame within my first conversation with Jennifer. She has no desire to control you or make decisions for you, but she will tell you what's best for your highest good, and it's up to you to do the work or not. It's very common for people to seek out a psychic to read the future, and sure, it's human nature to want to know what we don't know, to find the certainty in life, but what you actually get through Jennifer is so much deeper than knowing with, with certainty. It's really about how to grow through the uncertainty and embrace the power each of us hold deep within our own sovereignty and untapped gifts. Jennifer has helped me grow through many lessons in life, relationship lessons with my husband of 15 years, my gifted and stubborn children, career lessons that involved overcoming complacency and dealing with difficult bosses, and of course, lessons for my spiritual growth and tapping into and embodying my own authenticity. Her podcast, Lessons from the Universe, is food for the soul. It is channeled wisdom, and it is personal wisdom that she picked up as she learned and grew into who she is today. Jennifer is well known and sought out. I have people from all over the world reaching out to me to provide a referral to her so that she can speak with them and and they're able to meet her. This podcast makes it possible for people all over the world to receive her messages and receive the love that she pours into the collective. If you aren't a patron today, please consider becoming one and donating as much as $1 per month. If all of her beloved fans donated just $1, it would make an amazing impact on her offerings to the world. I meet with Jennifer monthly, and I'm also a patron because I believe so much in the lessons from the universe, and I have witnessed the beauty in learning and growing, the beauty in overcoming and smashing the many bubbles of conditioning that I succumbed to in my past. I have a new, more powerful story, and a big part of this story is embracing lessons from the universe. Your story will continue to change, and your donations will help many others change their stories across the globe, allowing the story of the collective to change for the best as well. If you love and live through the lessons from the universe as much as I do, like, share, and become a patron, and watch lessons from the universe take the rest of the world by surprise and the best ways possible. Sending light and love to all of you. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session. However it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved, there's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.